understanding train station. This does feel weird. This does feel wait, like wait, I haven't I, said this in like a month. <laughs> I can't. Uh, where did where did uh, Zoom? The, oh, there we go. Okay. Okay. Cool. Your audio recording is running too. Uh, let me just double check. Yes, it is. Cool. Did you get that? I'm so. Also, ich verstehe nur Bahnhof. You only understand train station. It's all Greek to me. Understanding train station. Living between cultures with Josh and Faye. Well, welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to a new episode of Understanding Train Station. I'm Philip, and I'm Josh. It's kind of funny because, like, obviously there's one girl and one guy. I mean, I guess it's possible that your parents could, could have called you Philip, and my parents could oh. have called me Josh. But <laughs> <laughs> it's like I just thought of that—that that it's it's pretty obvious that I'm Philip and and you're Josh. <laughs> yeah, I think that, I think our our uh, listeners are smart enough to figure it out. I just but. like to introduce myself because it's, yeah. it's a professional thing to do. Um, no, for sure. We were just saying though that it's, it's a little weird for us to uh, be recording again because it really has been almost two weeks for us since we recorded last. So we're yeah. a little out of out of practice. Out of practice, but. and especially before you left for Germany, I feel like we recorded more than one episode a week almost. Oh or at yeah, least we that's what it did. felt like. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's been a, it's been a while, and I mean, I'm still in Cincinnati. You're in, in Germany. I'm in, <laughs> yeah, I'm here in Munich, which it's funny because. The weather here in Munich is better than it is in Cincinnati right yes. now. I don't know why that's particularly funny, but I just would think that for whatever reason, this time of year, I would expect Germany to be colder and not as nice as Cincinnati. That's true. Yeah, Cincinnati had a lot of snow. We had a blizzard last week. Uh, bl- blizzard. Bl- <laughs> a blizzard. <laughs> um and I think like, I mean, both of our cities had a lot of snow this winter. Yeah. It seems like it's over in, in Munich now, or you never know, like maybe the snow is going to come back eventually. Yeah. But I still um, have my winter tires on my car. Yeah, you should, which is also mandatory in Germany. Yes. And it's not mandatory in the US, which causes a lot of problems because here mm-hmm. in Cincinnati, especially it's a very hilly city. And yeah. most people do not have winter tires on their cars. Yeah. So what I've been watching these past maybe like two weeks, but it's been really two weeks nonstop. Like the snow never melted away. It's only gotten more and more. Um, It's been funny. And I too have been sliding down a hill this one time. Like I I, I I wasn't over the Rhine and there's like these little streets and I was going like, I didn't know that there was that much of a hill and I went down. And of course, like I know how to drive carefully and stuff, but I actually had to use my emergency brake. Oh, really? Well, at least I know oh, how man. to do those kind of things, you know, as yeah. a German driver. <laughs> but yeah, it's, yeah. it's bad because like with the incline, like going down a hill, if it's pretty steep, there's really not a lot you can do if your tires no. suck. And if the street is co- literally covered in snow, because like they don't plow a lot here. So yeah, no, yeah. for sure. I actually just learned in, in that regard to like winter tires and stuff. I learned a new saying mm-hmm. from O to O or from O to O. I, I, cause no, I, I've so never I just heard recent, that. <laughs> so I just recently purchased a car here in Munich. Mm-hmm. And during that whole process that we were talking about summer tires versus winter tires and kind of year-round tires. Um, and I asked, so how long do you keep your winter tires on the car? And and my the sales guy said, the saying is from O to O. So from um, October to Ostern. Oh, 
I was so like, what's from the October? second? Oh, okay. Yeah, from <laughs> October done. until Easter. Got so it. So it makes sense in German, but not in English. But yeah. that was that was a fun little uh, saying that I learned that yeah. I'll probably never forget now. But. Also, for those people who are going to comment down below, um, when I say winter tires aren't mandatory here, this um, is for Ohio. I'm not sure if there's any other states where they are mandatory, but I do know that like people in northern Ohio, even though they're not mandatory, they usually have them. But here mm-hmm. in the in the south of Ohio and Cincinnati, it's not that common that people get winter tires. Yeah, I, like growing up my entire life, I never really heard about people getting winter tires. I mean, we get snow in Cincinnati, but not not as much as up north or I would assume like out in Colorado or something, they probably have mandatory winter tires. Yeah. But maybe not. Who knows? So yeah. if you're from those parts of the country or if you're from a part of the, of the U.S. where winter tires are mandatory, let us know. I mean, it is the country of, of freedom after all. So it is, this is true. <laughs> Maybe it's this not is mandatory. True. But yeah, anyways, I'm just to wrap this up. Like it's been really annoying in Cincinnati with the snow. I mean, it was nice too, but it's mainly just been annoying. Like I couldn't even park in my street because like they, as I said, they don't plow all the residential streets, at least where I live. Mm. Um, and then basically all the, even if they do plow it, the side parts of the streets are covered in snow because that's where people park and then it just gets worse and worse and like since the snow didn't melt like it just it was these like huge ice blocks basically after a while so if you could get into a parking spot it's very unlikely that you could ever get out of it again (laughs) so yeah parking was just yeah interesting recently (laughs) i've really been enjoying the nice weather here because the lockdown here has been pretty pretty tough and yeah i mean when I first moved here, they said January 15th. Then Which didn't I happen. got here. <laughs> then they pushed it back to February 1st. Then they pushed it back to February 15th. Now they pushed it back to March 7th. Yep. So. Um, Which is still def- another, what, two weeks or something from now? Two weeks still. Yeah. yeah. Damn. It's I mean, a long luckily, time. I, I get along with my roommates really well. And since, I mean, we're all kind of the same age. We still have a good time in the apartment, but it would be nice to be able to see some other people besides just one other person from another household. Yeah. Um, so I'm definitely looking forward to that. But I think what I'm looking forward to most is being able to get a haircut. <laughs> yeah. It's, but that's... hairdressers are opening sooner than the lockdown Exactly. Ends. But I'm a little concerned that they're going to go back on that because the numbers oh. are starting to rise again. Okay. Um, I mean, just slightly, but the seven-day incidence is back on the increase mm. for the first time um in a while now so hopefully they don't go back on the hairdresser thing because otherwise i will probably be able to get my hair cut in the u.s before i can get it cut here because <laughs> you're coming to the u.s over easter right exactly so. yeah which so is the we'll beginning of april so let's hope that you can get a haircut before that <laughs> yeah that, that, we will see we will see hopefully hopefully it's possible but um besides that what i was going to say is the weather here has been super nice this week starting this weekend it, it was like i guess what would it be in fahrenheit probably like the mid 50s mm. um i think it was like what 16 or something the other day yeah when i was on at the kohlze i went went um gosh english i went hiking (laughs) up in the mountains and it was it was so beautiful and the weather was perfect it was a little tricky though because towards the top of the mountain there was still snow and ice Mm -hmm. and the people i personally didn't have it and the people i was there with we didn't have spikes Mm -hmm. for um for hiking boots so it was we were sliding all over the place it was a little dangerous but it was definitely worth the 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 trek up there but yeah, yeah so it's but it was really nice to get out of the city and get get to see some nature 
Yeah, that's awesome. I think uh, how we started this whole conversation about the snow was, I was going to say, sorry about the little detour, I was going to say that today is the first day that it's, or the second day that it's above freezing in Cincinnati. So the snow just started to melt away, which is great. And I think we're supposed to get warmer temperatures here soon too, which I'm excited for because I have seen all the stories on Instagram and stuff of all my Munich Mm -hmm. friends who are enjoying this really nice, almost summer weather, spring summer weather. <laughs> but it's weird how quickly it changes too. And then we can move on to another topic because we're just talking about the weather a lot now. <laughs> but last weekend, so not this past weekend, but the weekend before, I was playing ice hockey in the English gardens. You on did? The frozen lake. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's cool. And and then this weekend it was like 16. Yeah. Super nice, sunny. So it was, yep. it's been a it's a bit a quick change, but yeah. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. About the hiking, too. Like, I did exactly what you described yesterday because I went to Red River Gorge um, this past weekend and they had even more snow than Cincinnati did. Like, I think it had just snowed on Thursday and we went on Friday. And um, all the trails were covered in snow and ice. And, um, yeah, we did one pretty steep one. And that one was pretty much just like how you described it, a lot of sliding. And like, especially when we went back down, we literally just sat down on our butts and we were sliding a bunch of the way. And like, the good thing was that that trail had like a rail on the side for most parts. So that was really good because I was just holding onto that the whole time because I was scared to fall on my my arm too, on my wrist that I broke back in September. (laughs) Yeah, you don't Um, want to break that again. No. No, definitely not. It's always funny because the Germans take hiking very seriously. I feel like, I mean, Americans do too, but it's, when you're sliding down the hill, really struggling, and then you see someone with sticks and spikes on their on their boots, like they just look at you like they're the pros. Noob, yeah. <laughs> but what what are we gonna do this week, Faley? Besides just talk about the weather and enjoying the the sun and the snow. Well, I'm not enjoying the sun, unfortunately, not yet, but we are talking about a lot of different topics because we're just going to do like a little Q&A um, episode. I couldn't think of the word episode, <laughs> for like a Q&A episode. Um, so I think we've, we've said that like months ago or at least like weeks ago that we were trying to include this little category into our episodes where we just answer your guys' questions. And I think we've done it at least like twice or yeah, something. Yeah, I think twice or three times. Um, but unfortunately, it really doesn't always work out because you guys know how long our episodes are anyway. And then like after we finish up with the topic, we're usually like, so Q&A? And then we're like, nah, yeah. <laughs> we don't we have don't time We don't want to put you guys that. through that. Yeah. So we thought that instead of that, we would just dedicate a whole episode to answering your guys' questions. Um, so that's what we're going to do today. Not all questions, of course, but some of them. Yeah, we won't get to all of the questions, but we definitely, as you guys send questions in the comments or via email or on Instagram, we've been keeping a running list. Um, So we've decided that we'll choose some of those questions and just answer them in an episode today for you guys. So should we just pick the first one? Josh is the one who basically put together like a little document with all the questions that we could find that we haven't answered yet because, again, we have answered some of them in our little Josh and Feli wollen's Wissen uh, category or however <laughs> we called it, uh, Ask Josh and Feli. So we can just now go through it and pick whatever question we want to answer. Do you want to pick the first one? Yeah. So I think one one question that I found really interesting, do you sometimes feel that rules slash policies in the U.S. are more casually broken than in Germany? Jaywalking is a general example that comes to mind, but I have more specific examples I'm thinking of right now is what the um, commenter wrote. And I think that's an interesting um, topic. And I think it kind of goes 
back to like personal freedom or just feeling like I can do what I want. Mm -hmm. I definitely think that Americans are more um, willing or are quicker to break the small rules um, than Germans are in general. Yeah. That definitely is my my impression. And I know jaywalking is the typical example, but like when I go running around here, I'm normally the only person that will go over, like will cross a red light or like I try to be generally conscious of the fact that I know that Germans don't do that as much. But um, that's definitely something where I notice that Germans are definitely big rule followers. Do you, Does anything come out to or stand out to you, Failure, that Americans tend to do that Germans would never do when it comes to small rules? I mean, I feel like overall, like that statement is entirely true. So like, yes, Germans definitely stick to the rules a lot more. I'm trying off like concrete examples. It's kind of hard to compare because like now that we talk about jaywalking, I'm also thinking about other stuff that happens, happens like on the streets. For example, um, bike lanes is such a big thing in Germany. Like we usually have sidewalks and then we have bike lanes. And if you're standing or walking in a bike lane, um, you will definitely be yelled at or people will tell you somehow that this is not allowed this is for only the cyclists um and then also when you're riding your bike and you dare to be on the wrong side of the street so like you're going on the left side of the street even if you're on the bike lane doesn't matter you're on the wrong side you're probably also gonna be um, informed about that (laughs) (laughs) little rule breaking (laughs) no for sure i think another interesting example and we may have even talked about this in our episode with niklas Um, but just at work, I notice it as well. Mm -hmm. People are very, people like to stick to the process here and these are the rules and this is, Mm -hmm. this is the playbook. These are, you have to follow this process to get anything done. Whereas in my experience, Americans tend to be quicker to take shortcuts and say, ah, screw the rules. We need to get it done. Let's just figure a way, figure a way out. So I think that's another example where, um, yeah, it's, it's more of a can do attitude rather than the, let's follow the rules and follow the process. I think another good example is maybe driving. Mm-hmm. Um, Americans in in the U.S. there still is the rule that you're supposed to stay to the right unless you're passing, mm-hmm. but very few people actually follow that rule. Whereas in Germany, if you're on the on the highway on the autobahn um, and you are staying in the left lane, you will get a lot of a lot of um, Lichtube. Um, <laughs> um, there's not really a know, saying for that. Flashing? People won't necessarily honk at you, but people will yeah. get very, very upset with you here. Yeah. Um, another thing is that I notice when I'm driving is people tend to use their blinkers here in Germany, whereas in the U.S., a lot of people just don't use their blinkers when they're changing lanes on the highway, for example. Yeah. It's all street related. It's funny. Yeah. Now I think we're kind of like stuck in the whole like traffic um, area in our brains right now. But I think it's funny because when it comes to driving, Germans like driving in Germany is this huge thing. Like people are proud that they're good drivers and it's like a very important thing. Um, And it's funny because I would say that overall Germans do stick to the traffic rules uh, very closely, except when it comes to speed limits. Um, suddenly, when mm-hmm. it comes to speed limits, Germans think that, oh, that doesn't apply to me. Like, I have this co- really cool, like, nice Audi. I yeah. can I can go whatever I want to go above the speed limit. Because, like, even on the Autobahn, in most cases, we do have a speed limit. Of course, sometimes there isn't one. Um, yeah. But there oftentimes is one. And um, also, like, even in the cities, too, a lot of people don't follow that as closely mm-hmm. as I think you would expect Germans to. 
Mm-hmm. Like I think yeah. from like an outside perspective, it's kind of odd that this is the one rule that Germans suddenly think, oh, this one doesn't matter. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, that's kind of what everyone always says is that the German driving culture slash cars is to Germans what guns are to Americans. Yeah. But still, yeah. like Germans wouldn't, you know, run a red light yeah. when you're when you're driving a car, for example. Whereas like mm-hmm. here in the US, for example, I'm not saying like people run red lights, but you have the whole um, thing that you're able to turn right on a red light usually but sometimes it says like there's a sign that says no turn on right and a lot of people do it anyways yeah so that for example i don't think a german would do yeah i think that's a good point maybe if you guys can think of more examples where that applies to let us know in the comments below i think otherwise it's really just there just are more situations in germany like it's not necessarily situations that you can compare it's more that Mm -hmm. those kind of things come up a lot more in germany um like for example i used to live in a regular apartment complex in munich and we had a shared laundry room in the basement Mm -hmm. and um there were a lot of older people living there so i think that's something that i should mention but even If it was younger people, too, I think that Germans are very strict when it comes to something shared, like that everyone needs to stick to the rules. Like, for example, there was a rule that you only can hang your clothes for this and this many days and stuff. And I literally had people observe how long I had my clothes air dry down there. And then they would send me like a little note saying, hey, your clothes have been air drying for three days. Can you please pick them up? Other people need to use the space, which was funny because like that I can understand if it's like a practical reason. Yeah. But half the room was empty. It's not like it was taking up space that they truly needed. It yes. Just was, they were in a lot of cases, making sure you followed the rules. Exactly. In a lot of cases, this German obsession with following the rules isn't about something that makes sense in the moment like this mm-hmm. is with jaywalking too like in a lot of cases people will stay at a red light and not cross the street even if it's 3 a.m and there's no car coming anywhere yeah. they'll still stand there so that's the weird thing with germans following the rules that it in a lot of cases it's just so unnecessary yeah they follow the rules for fo- for the sake of following yeah, rules exactly not because the rule makes sense exactly another example was when i first moved into that apartment we had a balcony and it was just like um a rail with like where you could see through with like how do you say st- no not sticks um like bars yeah yeah uh-huh. like a bar r- rail or whatever um and it was like summertime and i wanted to lay out there at tan in my bikini and i didn't want people to see me and i had just moved in so i didn't have like anything to cover the view or anything so mm-hmm. I just hung like two towels over the balcony rail for a few hours, not even the entire day, just for a few hours. And we got a letter in the mail um, telling us that we can't do that, like in the mail. It's not that the person (laughs) walked up to us and like rang our apartment doorbell, which they would have been able to figure out which one it was if they saw it from outside. No, they contacted the um, apartment. Yeah. Uh, What's what's Hausverwaltung? Like the leasing office. Mm -hmm. And then they sent us a a, a letter (laughs) In the mail a few days later telling us that we can't do that for fire regulations. It's so (laughs) petty. See, that doesn't even make any sense because if you're actually scared about the fire regulations, you'd rather have these people get the towels down as soon as possible and not take the long way like three days later, let them know through like a a letter. Exactly. So I think that's like a prime example of that. Yeah. I get the Germans wanting to follow the rules and it's just a cultural difference, but it's just something that makes me, me chuckle. Yeah, like, I mean, those experiences, as I said, there were a lot of old residents living there. And I think a lot of them were just a little bored, you know, and it's something that I think you can experience in other countries, too, that the older people are even more, you know, strict, 
strict and maybe um Un unflexible inflexible yeah maybe un yeah 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 maybe inflexible when it comes to breaking the rules yeah. especially when it's younger people they always think that they have to teach them um but yeah that, that oh, was Germans. one <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's definitely something that i don't miss about germany yeah. also of course in a lot of cases following the rules makes sense like if if it's logical I'm all for following the rules and I can yeah. definitely see how in a lot of cases it does make life a lot easier when everyone does follow the rules like they do in for Germany. Sure. Yeah. For example, when it comes to things like a pandemic, uh, which I think was another question. So maybe we can just transition into that. We also are aware that we haven't been doing a ton of German in our episodes lately, which I know that some viewers have not complained about, but I've said that they'd like to hear a little bit more German. So if there's a German question, we'll answer in German and I'll, I'll make subtitles for, for those of you who are watching on YouTube as opposed to just on the podcast. So if you want to know what we're saying, we'll do a little recap after we answer in German mm -hmm. and English, but also you can check, it out, check us out on YouTube where you can read subtitles as well. Yeah. So yeah, Josh just said that because I didn't remember that the Corona question was actually a German one. So I'll read it in German and we'll answer it in German. Wie seht ihr den Umgang mit der aktuellen Corona-Situation in den USA und der BRD? Und was denkt ihr und erlebt ihr bezüglich des Fallout für die Wirtschaft und das allgemeine alltägliche Leben? Um, ja, also es ist auf jeden Fall ein großer Unterschied. Mhm. Ich bin ja gerade in Ohio in Cincinnati und ich kann aktuell... Alles machen. alles machen. Also es gibt, glaube ich, ich bin, schau, ich bin mir nicht mal wirklich sicher, aber ich glaube, es gibt nach wie vor eine Maskenpflicht oder Empfehlung. Ähm, ja. Ich glaube, die wurden aber nie das, 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 das ist, glaube ich, genau der, also das perfekte Beispiel. Also es gibt eine Maskenpflicht in Cincinnati, aber wer haltet sich dann bitte dran? Ich meine, wenn man da in, den Geschäften reingeht, in die Geschäfte reingeht, dann, dann, ja, dann tragen die meisten schon Masken. Aber ja. es, ist nicht so, es wird nicht so streng kontrolliert wie hier in Deutschland. Wie in Deutschland. Und vor allem, die haben ja hier jetzt auch die Ausgangssperre aufgehoben. Mhm. Ähm, sprich hier in München jetzt mittlerweile auch, aber ja. Ja, genau. Aber halt das, hier sind jetzt dadurch eigentlich aktuell fast gar keine Beschränkungen mehr. Also ich kann hier einfach ähm, bis zwei Uhr in der Nacht, ähm, so wie normalerweise auch, einfach in eine Bar gehen. Die Bar ist rappelvoll, keine Maske, keiner hat eine Maske an, außer die Kellner. Ähm, mhm. In Restaurants ist es anders, das macht so komplett gar keinen Sinn. In Restaurants ist es nach wie vor so, dass die Leute sich die Maske anziehen, wenn sie den Tisch verlassen. Aber dann gibt es halt ja. hier diese Bars, wo du halt einfach nicht an einem Tisch sitzt, sondern einfach so mhm. da reingequetscht bist. Und dann einfach keiner eine Maske an. Das ist einfach das komplette Gegenteil von dem, was in Deutschland gerade ja, ja. versucht wird. Haben Sie so zum Beispiel in den Restaurants immer noch so Glasscheiben, also Plexiglasscheiben dazwischen den Tischen oder versuchen Sie da irgendwie so Abstand zu halten? Ich war nicht in so vielen Restaurants, aber da, wo ich ja. war, nicht. Und ich war jetzt einmal in einer Bar und einmal vor einer Bar, weil ich eine Freundin abholen wollte. Und ich mhm. habe halt durch die Tür gesehen, wie voll es da drin war. Es war einfach genauso ja. voll wie sonst. Also es ist ja. einfach, als wäre keine Pandemie gerade. Genau, und ich kann das krass. nicht so wirklich vergleichen mit Deutschland, weil hier in Deutschland war ich noch nicht in einem Restaurant, seitdem ich hier bin, ne? <lacht> ja, weil die auch bisher noch nicht aufgemacht haben. Genau. Also die sind einfach komplett ja die ganze Zeit zu, von daher ist der Unterschied aktuell sehr groß, weil du kannst ja. halt, also Josh, du, du bist einfach sehr eingeschränkt nach wie vor mhm. und wir hier ähm, in Ohio haben sie halt am Anfang Sachen geschlossen, ja. also damals im März und April und seitdem eigentlich nicht mehr, glaube ich, oder? War zwischendurch noch mal Restaurants und Bars geschlossen? Ja, also die Restaurants haben seit langem geöffnet gehabt. Genau. Ähm, dann Cincinnati. Ja, also es gibt halt so eine Kapazitätengrenze und sowas. Aber wie gesagt, ich habe halt auch noch nicht so richtig mitbekommen, dass das kontrolliert wird oder irgendwie ähm, strikt eingehalten wird. Von daher, ja, es ist ein großer Unterschied. Und ich muss sagen, ich habe 
ich kann nicht so eine detaillierte Meinung dazu haben, weil ich das Gefühl habe, wir werden das alle erst in der Zukunft wissen. Ja. Ich bin auf jeden Fall eher auf der Seite, dass man eher vorsichtiger sein sollte. Mhm. Deswegen, ähm, ich verstehe, dass es in Deutschland gerade sehr, sehr extrem ist und auch sehr krass ist. Und ich muss sagen, für mein eigenes Wohlbefinden, also jetzt nicht Gesundheit, sondern eher so für meine eigene Freizeit, bin ich ja. irgendwie schon ein bisschen froh, dass ich jetzt gerade in Ohio bin. Mhm. Andererseits weiß ich, dass es eigentlich nicht, nicht verantwortungsbewusst ist, wie es hier gehandhabt wird. Ich hätte auch gesagt, also es gibt ein witziger Unterschied, was mir so aufgefallen ist, als ich dann in Cincinnati war und jetzt mittlerweile hier in, in München bin, äh, wie der Staat da wirklich anders funktioniert. Ich sag mal, ähm, zum Beispiel die Polizei in Cincinnati. Ich war schon, schon, schon mal da in irgendeinem Geschäft, also in Stabbing Grab tatsächlich. Ähm, okay, <lacht> um das, um das so, äh, klarzustellen, es gibt hier kein Geschäft, was Stabbing Grab heißt. Es hat, gibt ein Geschäft, das Stop and Go heißt. Es ist so, ein kleiner, so eine kleine Tankstelle, so ein Neben kleiner Späti ja. sozusagen. Ähm, genau, es, es heißt nur aus Spaß so. Okay, jetzt darfst du weiterreden. Ja, genau. Ähm, ich war da mal in Stabbing Grab mal. <lacht> Und alle hatten Masken an, nur der Polizist, der drin war, nicht. Mhm. Und hier in München sieht man das gar nicht so. Also, also zum Beispiel, wenn, wenn man hier in München da erwischt wird, nach der Ausgangssperre irgendwo außerhalb des Aushaltes da zu sein ähm, oder irgendwo im Offenen zu sein, da kostet das fünf, oder hat das 500, äh, 500 Euro gekostet. Ja. In Cincinnati wird das gar nicht mal kontrolliert. Nee. Ich habe auch nicht gesehen, dass da irgendwas mal kontrolliert wurde. Also auch als die Ausgangssperre noch relativ neu wieder eingeführt wurde, ich glaube, es war so im November oder so, mhm. ähm, am Anfang ist man ja immer noch so ein bisschen vorsichtiger, würde ich jetzt mal behaupten. Ähm, da bin ich auch halt nach der Ausgangssperre noch draußen mit dem Auto rumgefahren. Ich habe ja. nirgends irgendwo gesehen, dass die Autos kontrolliert wurden. Dass, genau. Also ich habe sogar ein Polizeiauto, glaube ich, irgendwo rumstehen sehen, aber die haben einfach nichts gemacht. Die standen ja. da einfach nur. Ja, also von daher, ich habe auch von niemandem gehört, also die Ausgangssperre hier, war von November bis jetzt, ich glaube, Anfang Februar oder Ende Januar oder sowas. Mhm. Ähm, und in der ganzen Zeit habe ich von keiner einzigen Person, die ich kenne, gehört, dass sie irgendwie kontrolliert wurden. In Deutschland hingegen schon. Und natürlich reden wir jetzt von, von Ohio und, und Bayern. Also genau. ich gehe davon aus, dass in Deutschland es relativ überall so gleich ist. Also in Bayern ist es am strengsten, glaube ich, in letzter Zeit gewesen. Ähm, aber in Ohio ist es schon ziemlich locker verglichen mit äh, Kalifornien oder New York. Also in den verschiedenen Bundesstaaten ähm, gibt es unterschiedliche Regeln. Und deswegen. Ja, aber es ist auch nicht das Lockerste. Nee. Also es gibt auch noch Staaten, ja, Florida, die noch viel weniger oder, gemacht ja. haben. Also vor allem ja. am Anfang war Ohio sogar relativ streng im Vergleich zu den anderen Bundesstaaten. Es hat mhm. sich dann so ein bisschen ausgelaufen über die Zeit hinweg. Ja, ähm, ja. also mehr habe ich jetzt, glaube ich, auch zu dem Thema nicht zu sagen. Es ist halt natürlich ein schwieriges Thema. Man kann bis jetzt alles nicht so genau wissen, auch für die Wirtschaft. Ja, ich, ich denke halt, dass das in Deutschland meiner Ansicht nach, soweit ich das einschätzen kann, schon einigermaßen okay geregelt wird, dass die halt dann versuchen, die ganzen Geschäfte zu unterstützen finanziell. Ja. Ich weiß nur, dass die, dass die Geschäfte im Moment, also ich glaube, es gab sowas wie Novemberhilfe oder wie auch immer das heißt und viele Geschäfte haben das bis jetzt noch nicht bekommen, mhm, ähm, aber in den USA gibt es sowas nicht. Ja, genau, also in den USA gibt es schon ein paar Pro Programme von der Bundesregierung, sage ich mal, also vom Federal Government, mhm. ähm, aber es ist eher so, ähm, die kriegen nicht so viel Unterstützung wie hier in Europa ja. beziehungsweise in, in Deutschland, also das ist auf jeden Fall ein krasser Unterschied. Ähm, aber ich persönlich, also wirtschaftlich bin ich da nicht so krass ähm, betroffen. Ja, ich auch nicht, Gott sei Dank. Also da können wir natürlich sehr, sehr froh sein. Wir wissen natürlich, ja. dass es anderen Leuten da anders geht. Ähm, 
Genau, aber wir können halt irgendwie auch nur das aus unserer Lage her einschätzen. Natürlich ist es nicht gut, wenn sehr, sehr viele Geschäfte pleite gehen und die Leute alle ähm, überhaupt kein Einkommen mehr haben. Das ist natürlich nicht der Sinn der Sache. Ähm, ja. Aber deswegen, ich denke halt, in beiden Ländern wäre halt so das Idealziel, dass die Regierung die Leute einfach unterstützt mit Geld. Ja. Wir werden ja. mal schauen, wie, also in ein paar Jahren, was, was die richtige Entscheidung war. Ja, man wird dann hoffentlich daraus lernen oder vielleicht auch wieder nicht, weil wir hatten vor 100 Jahren ja schon mal sowas ähnliches und irgendwie ähm, haben wir daraus anscheinend gar nicht gelernt. Aber das stimmt, das stimmt. Naja, gut, let's go zur nächsten Back to Frage. English. And we should also uh, summarize what we said. I so think. essentially, um, the question was asking, what are the differences kind of in the way that Corona has been handled in the US versus Germany and how we've kind of been able to see kind of the economic uh, fallout that's re resulted um, But yeah, essentially, Feli, what were you saying? I just basically said that there's definitely a pretty big difference um, in regards to the restrictions in Germany right now, where you guys are still in lockdown and have yeah. been for a long time compared to here in Ohio, where they basically lifted almost all restrictions a couple of weeks ago. So you can basically go out here to a bar, which the bar is packed. There's no social, social yeah. distancing, no masks, except for like the staff. Um, and you can stay out until the normal closing times, which is two. Um, AM. Um, and yeah, it's a pretty normal life here. All the stores are open, all the restaurants are open. Um, so that's very different. Yeah, I think overall we don't really know enough and we're not qualified enough to have very profound opinions on these things. I personally think that um, even though I do enjoy it for my personal life to be in Ohio right now and to have all these free freedoms, all, all this freedom here to do stuff. Um, I do know that it's not very responsible. And I do think that the U.S. should do more in general and Ohio should do more um, to fight the pandemic. But it's just hard to know what the best thing is to save the economy and to like get this best balance between like health and economy. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, one thing that we didn't say in German, though, and I don't want to get into the subject too much because we have other questions we want to answer mm. as well. But um The big difference is also in the vaccination. Um, the U.S. has been vaccinating a lot, lot faster than than Germany. Yeah. So there, there is more opportunity to open up faster in the U.S. than than in Germany. Yeah. But that's just one one difference as well. That's true. Except that, like, especially when it comes here to Ohio, like we haven't opened up. Like <laughs> it's been open the whole time. So like true. a lot is, of this true. stuff didn't have anything to do with the vaccination. But it, exactly. it is true that they're vaccinating yeah. a lot quicker in the U.S., which has a lot to do with just bureaucratic reasons, but also mm -hmm. with the fact that um, people can give you shots at so many different locations in the U.S., like at all these pharmacies mm -hmm. and walk-in clinics. And they're allowed yeah. to do that. Whereas in Germany, it's really only doctors. And I think, mm. um, and like as of right now, I think, not even regular uh, practices in Germany can do it because of the yeah. cooling system. So it's mainly just mm -hmm. these vaccination centers. Centers. Yeah. So I think that is a pretty big disadvantage in Germany that pharmacies can't do those kind of things. I didn't know that. That's an interesting difference. Yeah, I didn't yeah. realize that. No, you can't. I mean, you've been to a German pharmacy, right? Mm -hmm. Have you ever seen, like, there is no little area well, where uh, you could go and get, like, Uh, an examination or a vaccination or anything. I feel like I have seen it maybe in my time in Erfurt, like there's a little place where for like a beratung, like a little mm -hmm. consult. Yeah, but they don't do anything that a doctor would do. Yeah. So definitely different. Yeah. <laughs> so moving on from coronavirus, um, I think there's <laughs> there was one question that I thought was funny. It's what, It kind of fits with those typical questions that I feel like you probably got when you first moved to the U.S. Like, mm -hmm. 
do you guys have refrigerators? Do you have cell phones? And this question is, do all Germans have cuckoo clocks in their homes? <laughs> um, should I answer? <laughs> Yeah, do you have a cuckoo clock in your home, Felix? I do not. And I also <laughs> don't know if I know of a lot of Germans who have one or if I know of any Germans. I'm sure I've yeah. like been into like, you know, some like a grandparents' home, like some grandparents of my friends' home yeah. who had a cuckoo clock, but they're not that common and I don't know what yeah. people think that it's this old-fashioned cliche. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's funny. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I've seen them in German homes, but like you said, it's, I feel like it's always like in a grandma's house. That yeah. They have the cuckoo clock. It's, it's the certain, it's kind of very kitschy. Like yeah. it's a part of this, a certain taste in decorations and furniture, mm -hmm. I would say like an interior design yeah. and, um, not a lot of modern people have that taste nowadays no. <laughs> um and cuckoo clocks i mean why do americans think that just because cuckoo clocks are a german invention i think right i just know that like growing up that was like i feel like those mugs that you'll see too that have like the lid and like it's super decorative all of the things that you find in like the tourist shops um for whatever reason are like super popular in the U.S. and that's what people think of when they think of Germany. I just know like growing up with those stereotypes, but yeah. where the stereotype comes from, I have no clue. Yeah, I had never even thought about this stereotype in particular because I've thought about like other stereotypes and where they come from, like the warm beer mm -hmm. thing and stuff like that. I've talked about it in my videos yeah. before and on like an interview that I recently gave. How like the warm beer cliche um, comes from, I think partly a confusion where people confused the Germans with the British, but also apparently post-war or like during the war, there was a thing like uh, World War II, there was a thing that were called um, Bierwärmer, so yeah. beer, warmers, beer warmers that people had in the pubs, but also at home that was like the stick thing that you would hang into your beer mug to actually warm up the beer, um, which isn't a thing anymore at all. And I think they would not actually heat it up. Like it wasn't hot. It was just... I think like room temperature or something. Those are just kind of funny little cliches that that for whatever reason are like a part of the American culture and part of the American psyche when they think of when people think of Germany. Yeah. Well, if you guys know where the cuckoo clock cliche comes from, let us know in the comments below. <laughs> um, but yeah, my home doesn't have a cuckoo clock in Germany. Um, Mine doesn't have one either. Yeah. My, my, my friends' homes, I've never seen one in like a modern yeah. home in Germany. So yeah. Uh, were, was a cuckoo clock part of a Sound of Music? Was there one? Um, I don't think there was actually a cuckoo clock in The Sound of Music, but there's a scene in The Sound of Music where in one of the songs they talk about a cuckoo clock. Okay. It's it's goodbye or so long farewell where they the little girls stand behind the older girls and go cuckoo. Yes, 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 yes. That's what I was yeah. thinking about. Yeah, I just recently uh, a couple of months ago watched the sound of music for the very first time a lot the german listeners and viewers among you probably have no clue what i'm talking about i think we're <laughs> going to dedicate a whole episode to this um yeah. in the future if you do want to find out maybe just google it real quick but um that movie is full of cliches so that's why i just thought of that yeah it could very well have something to do with that that, maybe. Would, that wouldn't surprise me okay next question let me pick one is Josh drinking moonshine? <laughs> um, I think this is because when we still recorded together in person, we would sometimes use these mason jars as water glasses. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, no, that was just water. That was not moonshine, which moonshine yeah. is this um, liquor from, it's more from Southern yeah, States, right? Yeah, it's, 
not necessarily from this the south per se. When I think of moonshine, I think of the mountains. Okay. So like mostly like the Appalachian Mountains mm-hmm. or Appalachian Mountains, however you want to pronounce it. Um, but yeah, people like it's it's self made liquor pretty much. It was illegal. It was what a lot of people made during pro, uh, prohibition. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, we were not drinking Unfortunately, alcohol. Unfortunately, no moonshine. <laughs> Have you ever think... had moonshine? Yeah, I'm yeah. like once or so. But there's also like different. I guess, kinds of moonshine. Like, isn't there like real moonshine and fake yeah, moonshine? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. There's there's the moonshine that you can buy in stores and then there's real moonshine. Yeah, I think I had like a zip of real moonshine once and I don't even remember where it was right now. Yeah. But it was someone brought it from home. It, it, it's it's good. I knew I knew someone who brewed moonshine. Or do you brew it? How do you say that in, in English? A distill? Brennan. Maybe? Yeah, they distilled, yeah, they distilled their own uh, moonshine and it was delicious. You do, If it's really good, you don't even taste the alcohol. So, mm-hmm. And it's a really high alcohol content. Mm-hmm. Um, so unfortunately, no, it was just water. But <laughs> for whatever reason, I feel like drinking out of mason jars is like a pretty common thing, at least in the US. I don't know about- It's a pretty common Germany thing too. in Germany too, but I think it's it might- be a more modern thing in Germany. It's more like of you know the hipster movement. Yeah. Um. So maybe a lot of people just don't know about that. But I feel like a lot of people commented, like Americans commented, asking yeah. if that's a German thing. So apparently in both countries, it's more of like a recent. I was gonna say maybe it's a generational trend. difference. Too. Yeah. Um. But yeah, honestly, in my household, it's pretty much just because we don't buy glasses we just collect them from places and so <laughs> which is pretty pretty common for for like our stage of life so this next question i i, I actually really like because it i ha- was just thinking about this the other day because like i said i've been a little bit preoccupied about being able to go and get a haircut mm-hmm. one thing i always feel very uncertain about in the u.s it's such a tipping country do you tip the bagging person at the grocery store so the answer to that question is no you don't tip the the bagging person but I was wondering, do you tip a hairdresser in Germany? I do. But I'm How not much? sure I'm not sure if everyone does. I've always I've always just done whatever felt right. Um I don't think there's a yeah. rule for that and I don't think you have to. I know a lot of I maybe I shouldn't say I know a lot of people don't do it, but I'm pretty sure a lot of people don't do it. Um yeah. I've always done it cuz my mom did it when they gave us mm-hmm. like when we were kids and we were very happy with the haircut and I do yeah. it with my hairdresser in Germany because like Every time I'm back in Germany, I try to go to my one hairdresser in Munich that I really like. I wasn't able yeah. to last time because they had they were closed. But um, I really I love her, so I always yeah. tip her pretty well. With her, I do more than ten percent. But I would probably yeah. go by the ten percent rule that I think is like the general tipping rule in, or not even tipping rule, just like tipping. Kind of. Empfehlung. What's Empfehlung? Yeah. Recommendation. Recommendation. Thank you. Um, but. But some of the the things that you do tip in the U.S. So, like I said, you don't t- to answer the question. No, you don't tip bagging people no. in, in grocery stores. But it is very common if you do valet parking that mm-hmm. you tip the person who parks your car. Do um, you tip hairdressers in the U.S.? Yes, you tip okay. hairdressers. See, I, <laughs> I'm so spoiled. I've never been to like a normal hairdresser in the U.S., yeah. so I don't even know. <laughs> uh, no, I, I would say it's very common to tip a hairdresser in the U.S. Um, uh, the typical 20%. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also like in a hotel, if so, it depends on the type of hotel you're staying at. But if you're offered someone who, who takes your bags up to your room for you, you tip them. Yeah. And you also oftentimes leave, or at least that's what my family has always done. We would always leave like a tip when we left the room for the uh, cleaning staff. Okay. But yeah, so I'm trying to think if there are any other examples 
of of people that you would tip in the U.S. Yeah, servers are obviously the biggest ones. Um, I think uh, what you have to know as a German asking this question um, when you're unsure about tipping in the U.S. is that at least at restaurants, you don't tip the same way that it works in Germany. So like mm -hmm. you um, don't need to include the tip when you pay the normal price. So like you just yeah. pay either with cash or with your card and then it'll come back and like on the receipt is where you're going to state either the tip if you paid with your card or you're then going to leave the tip on the table in cash. in cash. So it's not like you have to like tell the person how much you're going to tip yeah. them and then they're responsible for giving you the change for that. And yeah. I guess like in this other, these other situations with like, like valet parking, you're just going to give them some cash, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah you just normally give them a few bucks or To be honest, I've never parked valet. Me either. Uh, so I, I don't know. <laughs> we're not that fancy. I, no, we're not. But um, the thing with the restaurants, that's something that's really, at, at least for me as an American, was really uncomfortable at first, was directly telling the the waiter or the surfer how much I was going to tip them. Yeah. In, in the U.S., it's yeah. much more discreet. Yeah. yeah. So I think that actually makes tipping in the U.S. a lot easier. You also get a lot more time to think about how much you want to tip them mm -hmm. in that case. Because like in Germany, it's, you're kind of like put on the spot. You're like, okay, yeah. no, damn, how much do I want to tip them? What's fair? What's not fair? Yeah. Are they going to be upset? Um, yeah. yeah. And also, um, I know people have asked me this, like Germans have asked me this, uh, whether or not to tip Uber drivers um, and you don't tip Uber drivers in cash in the U.S. because yeah. it's usually just in the app. So if you want to mm -hmm. tip them, you can adjust the tip afterwards in the app. Exactly. Yeah, which is very practical. Maybe, Faley, a question that was specifically to you. Have you been to any other states besides Ohio? Yes. And I don't know how many more times I have to answer that. <laughs> Nothing against the person asking the question, yeah. of course. Um, but it's just something that people keep commenting underneath my videos on my channel. And... Um, Yeah, I've been to other states. I've just never lived in another state besides Ohio, but I've been to about, I think, 20 states in the U.S., like yeah. traveled. Um, and I didn't count when I counted that once I sat down and I didn't count the ones that I just drove through. So I've stayed the night in like about 20, maybe it's like 18 or 19 um, states in the U.S. So yes. Which I've is been... significantly more than a lot of Americans. Yeah. So I've been to a lot of places in the U.S. because like a lot of people like, like to criticize that my entire view of the United States is just based on Ohio and I can't do that. But um, I've also like in my defense, like I've traveled the country. Um, I've talked to a lot of other, you know, Europeans, Germans who've lived in other places in the U.S. I also consume a lot of media that doesn't take place in Ohio, like just if it's movies or shows or something like that. Um, so I don't think that my view is that off. Like it's, I think it's just sometimes hard to um, realize or hard to understand, or I guess like hard to follow is probably the right word. My perception as an American, because my perception of many cultural things here in the U.S. comes from the standpoint of a German. And I think mm -hmm. if you don't have that comparison as a background, it's kind of hard to follow what I say. It's the same with Germans. Like a lot of Germans will criticize my statements and say, no, 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 German customer service is not bad at all. It's yeah. always about perspective, guys. Yeah. It's not that bad. But if you compare it to American customer service, yeah, suddenly it's yeah. down here. So uh -huh. that's what it's all about, really. It's always a Frage der Perspektive. Exactly. And so, yeah, to answer a the question, question yes, I've, I've been to um, a lot of other states, East Coast, West Coast, North, more than South. Me. <laughs> Definitely more than me. Yeah, I haven't been to Texas yet. I haven't been to Louisiana. I haven't been to Oregon. I haven't been to Washington. 
I mean, I've been like I haven't been to a lot of other states either, but those are like some states that I think I definitely should visit soon. Um, yeah, that's that. <laughs> I oh, was cool. lucky, lucky enough to go on a few road trips with my family and yeah. also by myself with my friends while I was living here already. Here's a question for you. Do you find it difficult switching between Querz, German and QWERTY English keyboards? Uh, the beg- <laughs> for a while I did, um, but now I think it's because I didn't use the German one quite as often. Um, but I definitely have gotten more used to going back and forth. Uh, I would say probably two years ago it was really frustrating sometimes because I would always hit the wrong the wrong key. Mm. I, I still have a ton of typos in my messages, both in German and in English, yeah. from going back and forth between the two because sometimes you're too lazy to change the keyboard and you type English with the one keyboard and it gets a little complicated. But I wouldn't say that I've, it's too frustrating and I've, I've gotten used to it over 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 time. Yeah. What about you? Do you think do you think it's super frustrating? I mean, it's definitely frustrating that there are two different keyboards. Yeah. Like <laughs> that's the thing. On my phone, I hardly ever switch back and forth, which messes mm. up my autocorrect. Like that yep. way my phone never knows which language I'm trying to autocorrect to. So then I just mm-hmm. get a bunch of stuff wrong. On my laptop, I used to have a laptop with a German keyboard, oh, but yeah. now I have one with an American keyboard and like switching was very easy for me cuz it's not like I was unfamiliar with the American keyboard layout, mm-hmm. um, but I do still type a lot of German. So then, like, I have to switch to the German layout, but I still physically you don't see, have the keys. Yeah, I still yeah. physically see the American keys, which with the letters, it's not that big of a problem. Like, I do by heart because, of course, like, I grew up with it. I just know where the U, like, the umlaut letters yeah. are supposed to be on the keyboard. So that's not that big of a deal. But then whenever I want to use like a slash or something Mm -hmm. then i don't remember so then i usually for the signs and symbols i usually switch back to the american for a second do all the symbols and then switch back to german (laughs) that's exactly what i do i think one thing for the longest time i was trying to figure out because the i would say one of the main differences between the german and the american keyboard is where the at sign is yeah on an on an american keyboard it's just above the two which is where the quotation marks are on the german one actually yeah but uh, and then on the german keyboard the at there's a button that doesn't exist on the the American keyboard that you have to press to be able to get to it. So I, you have to switch back to the American keyboard if you're typing on an American keyboard with the German layout, if that yep. makes sense. It's yes. very confusing. But yep. um, yeah, th- in that sense, it's definitely, it, it can be frustrating, but yeah. you get used to it. <laughs> so another question that we got was, American kids get as punishment for misbehaving time out all the time. Is this the same in Germany? Kind of hard to answer because I'm only one kid out of many. Yeah. <laughs> I personally never got a timeout, maybe in kindergarten. But mm-hmm. if that was a thing in our kindergarten, I don't think I ever got it. Um, okay. I was a, not a very bad kid. So yeah. Um, my family, I think we talked about it in the episode with Jay, um, mm-hmm. which we're going to link up here. Um, my parents were very liberal and I would say overall German parenting is a lot more mm, comprehensive in a way, just a lot more based on trust between the parents and the mm-hmm. uh, kids. Um, and it's not as the, the hierarchy isn't as isn't stressed as much as in the US. That's my general perception from like an outsider. I didn't grow up in the US, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I would say that I'm sure some families do that. And I've definitely heard of it. It's not like a super foreign concept to me. Like, I'm, I'm sure that if it wasn't a thing in my kindergarten, it was a thing in other kindergartens or like I'm sure some elementary school teachers did it and some families did it. But it's not really something that I can remember myself, that I hmm, saw it or experienced it myself. That's a, that's an interesting question, an interesting point, because I've always wondered, because I, I was spanked growing up. Yeah. I mean, not like horribly spanked, but I, I definitely was spanked. And then I also had time out. Um, so I, I've always just thought, I assumed that Germans in general would tend to use time out just as the alternative. Probably a lot more. I mean, spanking really isn't a thing at all, as yeah. we talked about in the other episode. Um, I did, time out is definitely a much more accepted measure for yeah. sure. And and that's, that's what I was going to say as well, is I definitely... From the Germans that I know that have kids, I've seen them use timeout okay. before. I mean, I don't have a huge sample size, so I can't say that yeah. it's for the the whole the whole country of Germany that timeout is pretty popular. But um, I've never heard of really Germans getting spanked. Me either. Like, if anything, it was like my grandparents used to get spanked yeah. or something like that. Or I think my dad even still got the. Um, the, the thing belt. where they would know, like the thing where they would hit your fingers. I think is what he ah, told me okay. yeah. in school. Um, mm -hmm. But that was only, I think, at the beginning of his school career okay. uh, and not later on. And yeah, being spanked in Germany hasn't been a thing for a few decades. Yeah. Timeout, I'm sure, is a thing. But just like in general, when it comes to my personal experience, my family doesn't do it. So. And I would also say that the point that you were making about like German parenting being a little bit more liberal or laissez-faire or however you want to describe it is definitely my perception as well. I mean, obviously, I can only speak from the way that I was brought up and the way that the people around me were brought up yeah. and just kind of how I observed. But I definitely have noticed that like it's the German relationship between the child and the parent tends to be a lot more relaxed and um, closer in the sense of less authoritarian um, than than the my experience in the U.S., I yeah. would say. Yeah, my um, parents, I think, were a pro probably a very extreme example with that. But I was also never grounded in my life. So um, if I did something wrong as a kid, like my parents would just explain to me why I can't do that. And mm -hmm. if they explained it properly, if, uh, you know, I could follow what they're saying, that was enough to, to say that. And if it's stuff that like the kids just annoy the parents, I mean, they would just yell at us and tell us that we're <laughs> annoying them. <laughs> and yeah. they would definitely take away TV privileges. Um, mm -hmm. Or, you know, things like you can't use your little uh, toy that you just got for Christmas yeah. or whatever. Um, but just not the classical timeout in that sense, I guess. Where you had to go sit in a corner for yeah. a determined amount of yeah. amount of time. Yeah. Um, okay. So here's another interesting question. How do Germans view teen or collegiate pregnancy? In the U.S., it is becoming more accepted, but still stigmatized slash taboo in many places. I'm just starting to learn German, and I appreciate these cultural discussions. Yeah, that's definitely a pretty big topic and a controversial one. And um, I can only speak from my personal experience. Um, I have talked about sex education in general and the differences between the two countries on my channel. I can link the video below and up here. Um I went into detail quite a lot in that video when it came to like the sex education at home and in schools. But te teen pregnancies in general are not nearly as common in Germany as they are in the mm -hmm. US. So it's not a big topic that we talk about in Germany. I think I only knew in my school, which was like we had um, four classes, maybe 25 to 30 people each per grade from fifth to, through 12th uh, slash 13th grade 
so how many people is that? That's a lot of people. (laughs) And in that whole school, there was one girl that got pregnant at 13 throughout my entire time there Mm. that I knew of. Maybe there was someone who, you know, kept it a secret or something. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So I only experienced, like, I only knew of one teen pregnancy in my immediate environment. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's, it's not this huge thing. I know in the U.S. it's different. I know that especially in many more rural areas, more conservative areas in the Midwest, for example, some schools will even have a thing called pregnancy classes for all the teen moms or mom, mom, moms oh, wow. to be. Um, I've heard about that at least once in like mm. Northern Kentucky. You guys didn't have that apparently, Josh, at your school. Yeah, no, I don't think I'm, I don't think at my school we had that. I mean, we definitely had like a class where. Um, like it was like a parenting class where you got a, like a fake baby that you would have okay. to take care of for a week. But that's more like for the future exactly. and not, <laughs> not for, for the, the actual. Future. Yeah. But no, I mean, I, I would agree, at least my perception here in Germany is that it's less less common here. In, in my school, I think we probably had three or four people who, who got pregnant while... Like in your high school or middle school? In my, in my middle school, so junior okay. high is when I remember seeing the most people who were pregnant. But there were definitely... Um, definitely quite a few, but I remember for me, it was like junior high, which was just seventh and eighth grade. Um, but I remember a couple people getting pregnant, uh, in that time frame as well. And I definitely would say that it's, at least it seems, it makes sense to me that there's probably a little bit more of it in the U S than in Germany, because I feel like there's less sex, um, sex education in the U S it tends yeah. to be mostly just they teach abstinence and about sexually transmitted diseases. At least that was, um, the way that I was. Um, what I experienced in school. I mean, they talked about contraception as well, um, but it was very lightly touched. Yeah, in many schools, they don't talk about it as all, at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, I talked to three different people um, in that video that I mentioned before. So if you guys want to mm-hmm. hear from like other perspectives, you can check out the video. But yeah, so um, was it stigmatized in your school? I definitely would say it was stigmatized. I think kind of going back to what you were saying about kind of more rural mm-hmm. um, communities, it being more common, um, more impoverished communities. The the school district I grew up in kind of was kind of split between a more rural community and more of your typical suburban um, mm-hmm. community, middle-class suburban. And it was stigmatized. The people who did tend to get pregnant were from more of the, the rural area. Um, so in that sense, it was stigmatized and kind of stereotyped throughout high school. And yeah. I mean, it, I don't think anyone wished it on, on those the girls who did get pregnant. Yeah, there's also like reality TV in the US based on that, like Teen Moms or something like that, right? Yeah, that's true. That for me is a little extreme, but yeah, those are definitely uh there yeah, people become celebrities from it. <laughs> yeah, I think I mean the, the actual question was about is it stigmatized or taboo in Germany? I don't know, honestly. I feel like not not as much since we talk about all those things very openly. We talk about sex very openly in our society, in our schools with our families. At least Overall, there's always exceptions, of course. Um, And I also grew up in a city. So like my experience might be a little bit different from what it would be in rural areas. But just like Mm -hmm. even on the media, like the magazines that you can buy all over Germany, they're just very, very open when it comes to sex education. And with that, I think it's also not as taboo when someone does get pregnant. Um, I think if you're lucky and your family's supportive, then I think your environment is going to be supportive too. It's definitely 
odd. Like you're definitely as a 13 year old, especially like that's the one girl yeah. that I knew. Um, people are definitely going to talk about you because they don't know. They've never heard of that happening. It's yeah. just this very special thing. So it's not casual. It's not like, oh, okay, yeah, she's pregnant, whatever. Yeah. It's definitely going to be a big deal. But I wouldn't think that a lot of Germans actually, you know, judge you for it. Hmm. I would hope. Yeah. Overall, that's that's my personal perception. Maybe other Germans watching and listening to this yeah. are going to disagree with me. If you do, let me know in the comments below. But as I said, it's not really a topic that's very present in Germany. Yeah. No, it's it's tricky to to kind of draw or figure out where the line is between personal kind of perception and then also the perception of a culture as a whole. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, these are just, these are just our personal yeah. perceptions. I mean based off of our experience and knowing our the cultures that we come from. Yeah. Overall, it's definitely also not something that you want your daughter to get into. Like, yeah. you definitely don't want your daughter to get pregnant at 13. But yeah. if, I think if it happens, um, I feel like Germans are willing to accept it and just mm -hmm. be like, oh, well, okay, this happened. Now let's try and make the best out of it. And yeah. um, especially compared to, like, some very conservative areas in the U.S., you're not going to be judged for how you got pregnant, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. My question for future, Josh, is will you pay taxes on a German scale or an American scale or both? I'm not asking how much money you make, just curious about what the way taxation is approached as an expat. Also, big thanks to Faley for not throwing too much shade on conservative people. We're humans too. You're welcome. So, <laughs> so co coming off of a little bit more of a controversial topic of, of teen pregnancy, um, moving on to the very exciting topic of taxes. Um, I do pay German taxes. So you pay taxes in the country that you live in. Um, I'm still technically, and it's something that's specific to the U.S. and I think Malaysia. There's one other country that um, they tax based off of citizenship as opposed to residency. Um, so I'm still technically required to file a tax return in the United States. Um, but there is an agreement between the United States and Germany that avoids double taxation. So it just depends on what country you live in as an expat. Um, as an American, if you're going to have to pay taxes in both the U.S. and the country where you're living. Uh, but in my case, I pay German taxes. And then I just there are a couple of different ways that you can go about um, reducing your tax burden in the, in the United States. Um, and I will be hiring a professional to do that because I don't want to screw that <laughs> up. So but yeah, so that's that's where I'll be paying taxes. And I I would assume fairly then that you pay taxes in the U.S. I do. Yeah, I think you also know that. <laughs> Yes, I but yeah, that. <laughs> you assumed right, Josh. <laughs> I pay taxes in the U.S. Trying to yes. make it feel more more casual, <laughs> like more like you're just finding out in this very yes. moment. <laughs> oh my goodness, you pay taxes. <laughs> if a Hollywood casting director asked you to audition for a Superman remake, would you do it? Uh, pro probably not. Depends on how much they're paying. <laughs> Oh, I would do it then. I'm not really su super into the fame. I don't know if I would really want that. That doesn't sound particularly fun. Um, yeah, I, I don't think so. I, I mean, I enjoy like I, I did some drama um, like growing up and I enjoyed that. But I don't know if I would really want to be in a movie. This is an interesting topic, though. What about you? 
Um, yeah, I mean, I'm also not into the fame, as you probably know. Um, yeah. But I think I would probably say yes, because I think it's like movie sets are fascinating to me. Like everything mm. that's like production is very fascinating to me. Yeah. And I was also part of a drama group in high school or like in mm -hmm. our secondary school. Uh, I think I started in sixth grade in drama school, uh, dra drama group. Um, and I kind of miss it. Like I've yeah. been thinking about it from time to time, how like I always loved this whole like team experience, how you're all mm -hmm. working on a project together. And then I love the excitement right before the performance. And then you're yeah. like on stage and you're so scared beforehand, but then you feel yeah. so good afterwards and you feel like yeah. it really, um, it forms a bond between yeah. you uh -huh. and the rest of the group. And I really, that's something that I really, really enjoy. And I've heard that it's not the same on all movie sets, but for some movie productions or uh, like for TV series, it yeah. can be like that in a very strong way. And I think that's something that I would very much enjoy to like see the same people and like work with the same people for like, you know, three months or however long it takes. Yeah. I think that's a really that's an interesting point because when you talk about it that way, in general, I wouldn't be opposed to being in a movie. Mm. I don't think I would want to be in Spider Man or what I was, think it it was Superman. Superman. Yeah, I'm not a superhero fan me either. at all. Me either. So that 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 doesn't make it make me interested. But if it were an interesting script, not that Superman isn't interesting to some people, but <laughs> if it were a script that interested me, you would probably get a different answer. Yeah. Um, but in Superman. I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, I'm not a superhero fan either, but I think I would say yes either way. I don't think it would matter what kind of movie it is as long as it's not like a horror movie or, you mm. know, something adult, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I think I would say yes to Superman for sure. Like, I mean, that's also such a big deal. So yeah. if you get asked for that, you've done something right this is true. This <laughs> in is life. True. This is true. Okay, all right. And then, like, Should would you accept the parts if offered? Yeah, I would. Okay, so here is a question that's probably directed at future Josh. You're already future Josh now, but we talked about your move a couple episodes back, and then mm -hmm. we said people should leave questions f for you to answer in a few months. And let's just answer this one right now. So it says, yeah. after a few months, is there any American foods or drinks that you miss that are not available in Germany? Have you made any traditional American Midwest foods for your roommates as close as possible with the available ingredients in Germany? Yeah, I, I, that's a really interesting question. And just kind of taking a step back from it more broadly, I found myself cooking a lot more here because Ooh, my yeah. roommates all cook. It's also a, like a German culture thing, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you people don't eat out as much here. I mean, we, we'll get takeout. We'll get a dinner or whatever. Like, that's not super uncommon. But just in general, I've found myself cooking a lot more here. Yeah. Um, but things that I've missed I or things I've made for my roommates so far. Mm -hmm. um, we had a cheese fondue evening that one of my roommates put together. Which is not a traditional Midwest it's not. food. <laughs> no, it's not. But I thought for dessert after the fondue, I, I could make a, a traditional American dish and I made an apple pie from scratch for them. Um, so that was really good. Nice. Um, cool. And then... And did it work out? Yeah, the, it did. With the German well, ingredients? With the German ingredients, it it did. Yeah, I mean, I made everything. I I made everything from scratch. I made the dough from scratch. I okay. did everything from scratch. So, so they I, don't sell pie... Um, bottoms or whatever it's called uh, yeah like in the u.s you get a pie crust that's pre-made thank you <laughs> the yeah. Bottom. yeah um so i had to make it from scratch which i actually really liked it was kind of a fun process um it was the first time i'd done it too the only issue i had with it is that you can't really or at least you could probably get them but we don't have a pie pan 
in my apartment. So I just had to use like a spring spring form pan that mm-hmm. you would use for for a regular cake. And my crust wasn't big enough to be able to fit over the edges. Aww. So like I, there was a weird little line between the top of the crust and the bottom portion of the crust. Okay. But it still tasted the same. Cool. Um, and then I just recently made a Chicago style deep dish pizza Ooh, you for did? my roommates. Yes, I did. That sounds challenging. It actually wasn't that difficult. Really? I mean, again, I just had to make a crust, right. which wasn't and that difficult. And then just fill it with a bunch of cheese. <laughs> yeah. And then you just put a whole bunch of cheese in the bottom and then whatever in- ingredients you want and then a sauce on the top. Uh, but my roommates had never heard of it before. So that was kind of a fun experience to show them. Yeah. I mean, because to them, that's not pizza at all. No, it's like pizza cake. I mean, I still think yeah. that to this day, even though now, of course, like I've seen it several times. But I yeah. think I've actually only eaten it once because... I mean, you can order it at places, but it's not something that I really want to order. <laughs> also, in Cincinnati, it's not super common. You no, it's can not get super it at certain common. Places, but but uh, I've only like even last the last time I was in Chicago, for example, I didn't get one. Um, yeah. I, I had it once. I think one of the first times I was in the U.S. with my family, who ordered one, and I think that yeah. was enough for us. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I mean it, it's good, but it's also pretty filling. It's it's an experience. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely an experience, and I'm sure it's a lot of fun to make and then like yeah. share with your friends. Yeah, it was, it was a, that that was I think what was the most fun about it. It was yeah. the first time I'd ever made one of them too. So yeah, I, I was talking with my roommates about a trip that I had taken to Chicago at some point, and I was like, "Ooh, that would be a good thing to make for the mm-hmm. for the vegie." Um, and then one thing that I do miss is Cincinnati style chili. Um, I haven't gotten around to making it yet for my roommates, but that's definitely the next thing on the list. You think they're going to like it? Um, I don't think they'll dislike it because my family's recipe that we have is pretty different than Skyline, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, But when I do go back to the U.S., I'm planning on bringing back some Skyline so people can try it here. Okay. Yeah. I I brought some Skyline cans back when I first went to Cincinnati in 2010 and just sat in the pantry forever because nobody wanted it. (laughs) Is it still Um, there? Because I'll steal it. I don't, th- you can check, <laughs> it might be, um, but um, yeah, Cincinnati style chili is not really something that a lot of Europeans or Germans or even a lot of Americans from outside of Cincinnati or the Midwest yeah. enjoy. Um, I'm sure there's just definitely people who come to Cincinnati and love it right away and then they never want to live without it. But I think most people that have tried it that I've talked to before don't like it so maybe with your recipe it's going to be different but just to like explain it to the people out there maybe i can put um a picture Mm -hmm. of like a skyline three-way on the screen on youtube um but the they have different dishes and the most classical dish and this is how many germans describe it and i'm not trying to offend anyone here but it's kind of like overcooked spaghettis then topped with like this bolognese sauce that they call chili, but it's really just ground beef with this sauce, tomato sauce thing. It tastes very canned. Like it tastes like canned food to a lot of, like it kind of tastes like Hipgläschen a little bit, which is baby food in Germany that you can get. Um, I'm just staying quiet, letting you I know, because Josh loves it. And like so many Cincinnati people yeah. take a lot of pride um, on it. So it's, I'm sorry, but that's it's okay. That's You're how allowed to not like I it. would describe it to Germans. And then they put a ton of uh, shredded orange, very orange cheddar cheese on top. And, and that's it. But yeah. I, when you grow up with it, it's like just something, something that you love. You know, it's for Obviously, there are people in Cincinnati who also don't like it, but I grew up eating it a lot. So for me, it's definitely like a, 
a lot of childhood memories are, are for sure. I know it, a lot so. of Cincinnati people love, love, love Skyline Chili, and I, I can't understand that to like because I know what it's like to grow up with a certain food. I just yeah. I personally don't like it at all. But um, it's also not ch- chili in the sense of what we would understand. Yeah, it's more as of a chili. sauce. Yeah, it's more of a sauce. And it does come from like it, it was invented by Greek immigrants, which is what mm-hmm. a lot of Americans will tell you next if you criticize as a, as a European. They'll yeah. be like, "Wait, but it comes from Greece." <laughs> <laughs> no, it was invented by Greek immigrants. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and also, um, yeah, it's it's really more of a bolognese yeah. sauce in a way. And I just don't understand why they overcook the pasta that much. But oh That's, well. <laughs> that I hadn't really thought about that because I grew up eating the, yeah. the spaghetti that way. But yeah, it's definitely a little I think that's partly why it tastes like this baby food out of the jar to us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's part of the experience. <laughs> okay. Now so I've what, insulted enough people. I'm yeah, sorry. I, I apologize. Say, <laughs> and we won't even mention the competitors. There's another big gold. Or I almost said it. <laughs> There's a big competitor to Skyline. Um, and either you like Skyline or you like this other other place. I've never actually eaten there, but I know I wouldn't like it because I'm a Skyline person. What, um, if, you, what if you had it by accident and you liked it? Uh, would you be would able be de- to... That, that would be detrimental to my, my uh, Weltbild. And also, like, you wouldn't be able to call <laughs> yourself Weltbild, a Cincinnatian yeah. anymore or part of your family, probably. Your, your family is like Team Skyline. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> I would still be able to be a Cincinnatian. I just wouldn't be a part of my family anymore. So is Gold Star also a Cincinnati original? You said it. Oh, sorry. So is Beep <laughs> also a Cincinnati original? Yeah, it's it's a Cincinnati. Because uh, I always as well. feel like all like s- people who grew up in Cincinnati, they all love Skyline. I've never heard anyone say yeah. the other I, one. I don't. I don't know if it's a north south thing. I I or think that West said East said. That's possible, but I think Gold Star is pretty popular in in Northern Kentucky. At least that's. Mm-hmm my my perception but i definitely would say that uh skyline is the the more um more popular the better known of the two but but yeah so moving on past cincinnati style chili what are (laughs) what are some of the things that you faily miss or uh, have you made for your roommates what do i miss i think i've said it so many times um all all bakery products all bread all pastries all dairy products almost, except for, I mean, milk works in the yeah. U.S. But, <laughs> but then everything that's, get made that f- right. <laughs> everything that's made from milk, um, yeah. including butter, yogurt, cheese. Mozzarella. Mozzarella is also cheese, but like, yeah, all, all these like different types of cheeses and stuff like that. Um, and even just like kvak, which they don't even have in the U.S. Um, all those things um, are just not as good as they are in Germany. So that's definitely something that I miss a lot. Um, I also just yesterday, because I was on the road and I was trying to get a food at the gas station. And I was lucky mm-hmm. enough that they had one little mini uh, mini pizza that was just with cheese. Because yeah. it's very hard in the U.S. to get pre-made food when it's something mm-hmm. like sandwiches like or wraps. Yeah. When it's not, you know, at a restaurant, but it's already mm-hmm. pre-made to get vegetarian stuff. So yeah. that I miss a lot, uh, When especially mm-hmm. when I'm like on the road and I'm trying to just grab a sandwich. And they have this huge selection, but it's all like ham, turkey, tuna, yeah. whatever. There's nothing vegetarian there. Yeah, um, no, that's, that's so true. Yeah, that's just one little minor thing. Besides that... Um, I guess I sometimes probably like miss some candy and stuff like that, but it's mm. really mostly just the bread and the dairy. I I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask the mm-hmm. question anyway. Have you made any German food for your roommates? 
Yeah, so uh, I've only made like traditional Bavarian food for my roommates mm. before. Um, yeah, but I also don't really make a lot of ger- like traditional German because yeah. it's just as a background information to all the Americans listening, it's not like when you go to Germany, you'll only find German cuisine. Like we yeah. eat so many different things in Germany on a regular basis. So when you talk of German cuisine, what I think of is like old fashioned traditional cuisine um, that, as I said, I don't eat that much in Germany anyway. And I don't go to those kind of restaurants a whole lot, except when it's like a family celebration or something like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I've only made like Semmelknödel with Ramschwammerl, so like uh, bread dumplings with this creamy mushroom sauce and red cabbage, Blaukrauts mm-hmm. and uh, Käsespätzle, which are these... Uh, it's like an egg noodle. Yeah, cheese egg noodles. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like mac and cheese, but... But better. Co- yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, those dishes I've actually, I've made a few times now, but it's yeah. all, I always make the same because that's also one of the only traditional Bavarian dishes that I like because traditional German cuisine has a lot of meat and I don't I was gonna say super meat heavy yeah so I don't have a lot of options anyways when it comes to that which means that I don't know a whole lot of other things because I just I don't eat it so (laughs) but also Josh uh, didn't you say that you tried to make Buckeyes once in Germany and it was hard to get the ingredients yeah 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 that's right so last time I was over here in uh living in Munich for work um I thought like before I leave, I would make Buckeyes, which is a, a, it's like a candy that we, that's, I don't know if it's from Ohio. I would assume it is because the state tree of Ohio is the Buckeye tree, um, which is like a Escastania, but it's, it's a candy that is very well known in Ohio and I needed vegetable shortening for it and I couldn't find vegetable shortening anywhere. So I had to order it on Amazon and it was stupid expensive (laughs) and I got this big thing of vegetable shortening when I really only needed a little bit of it. Um, so that's that's been difficult. And sometimes it is difficult to find some ingredients. For for example, like vanilla extract. Um, there are vanilla options here, but it's not the same. Really? Um, what does vanilla you, extract look like in the US? Because we definitely have that in Germany. It's different. Like the the Dr. Utka stuff is different than vanilla extract. Okay. It's like a vanilla. I don't I don't know the exact difference, but I was doing research on it because I needed vanilla extract also for my my um recipe and it's different mm-hmm. i don't don't ask me what's different but they said it was different interesting talking about vanilla like i have this thing where like for you know this one recipe that i like to make back in germany i used to use vanilla powder um which mm. is pretty much just grounded vanilla um but it's not vanilla vanilla sugar which i'm also not quite sure if that's a thing in the u.s is that a thing it's not it's and not i think thing. that's yeah vanilla sugar is like Uh, One of the things that people said, oh, you could try using vanilla sugar. It's not the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also like, okay, I was I was going to say it's not this. So, yeah, it's not even the same as vanilla sugar, but also like the grounded vanilla you can't get in the US or like I think I tried to buy it online and it was also, as you said, crazy expensive. Like it would have been like 30 bucks for like this one little package that I can get Mm -hmm. for like maybe four dollars a DM in Germany. So that's uh, one of the things that I sometimes import when I come back to the U.S., I just bring some mm-hmm. of that with me. It's not, you know, I can live without it. But yeah. I, sometimes I'm like, oh, I wish I could make this now. And then I mm-hmm. can't. I mean, definitely some baking stuff. We talked about this in the Jungle Gyms video. Yeah. How like flour apparently is different in mm-hmm. the two countries. And I, I get really confused by the flour here because there's so many options. <laughs> That's true. Like we don't usually have that many options in Germany when it, when it comes to flour. It's so true. <laughs> are, I mean, because yeah. in the U.S. you have all-purpose flour. 
and that's pretty much it. Yeah, we have I mean, Weissmehl, Dinkelmehl. <laughs> there, there are other other flowers that you can get in the U.S., but it's not as standard as it is here to have so many options. I mean, it makes sense because the bake baking scene is so big in Germany, oh, for so sure. that really does make sense that we have a lot of options there. Yeah. But yeah, apparently it's also different, which I've never baked anything super complicated in the U.S. Like I've really only made like basic cakes mm -hmm. or cookies. So I've never noticed the difference myself. Corn, corn flour has been, been difficult for me to find here because I mm -hmm. wanted to make tortillas myself because I can't find any decent tortillas in, mm -hmm. in any of the um, grocery stores that I've been to. And I, I haven't been able to find um, much corn flour Mm -hmm. For the recipe for the the Chicago style pizza, I needed cornmeal, and I it was kind of difficult to find cornmeal as well. What's cornmeal? I had to find. Um, at the end of the day, I ended up getting. I think it's called maisgris. Okay. Do you know what that is? I know what grease is. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's like I could go look at it, but it doesn't <laughs> matter. Um, but yeah, so like some specific ingredients can be difficult. Yeah. Um, to find sometimes. And with the Mexican stuff, of course, like it makes yeah. sense. Um, we just, as we talked about several times, we just didn't have a whole lot of good Mexican food in Germany. We also obviously don't have a lot of uh, immigrants from Mexico, from Central America, South yeah. America in Germany. So there's just not a big clientele there, I would guess. But maybe you can ask some of the good Mexican restaurants. I know you can find it. I just have, I have to look a little harder. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not as easy to get to as, um, as it is in the U.S. Yeah, and we do have Asian grocery stores in mm -hmm. Germany, but I don't know if I've ever seen like a Mexican grocery store like you would I, see I, in the U.S. I know there is one in, in is Munich. There? I just okay. haven't been able to go yet. Okay. Yeah, I've, so, yeah, I don't think I've ever seen or heard of it. <laughs> Apparently, I don't have any friends who <laughs> want to get groceries from the Mexican store, but good that there is one at least. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, that's, that's I think, going to be it for the questions that we answer this episode, but we do have somewhat of a big quote-unquote announcement to make i don't know if i'd say big but we do have an announcement to make oh my god everyone's typing the assumptions <laughs> in the comments right now <laughs> but we are going to be taking a small break um from the podcast and we've really enjoyed everything that we've been doing so far but we, from the beginning we said that we were gonna um kind of take it not episode by episode but we we wanted to play it by ear play it by ear and see how things are going and we want to continue with the podcast so don't worry that we are we'll going continue. to also it's not like yes. maybe we're like we're going to continue with the podcast but we are taking a break because it has gotten a little much especially like with josh now being in germany and the time difference and we're both very busy anyway um and mm -hmm. this is like a lot of extra work each week and as you could tell like some like twice I think it's happened now that we couldn't make it for the release date so we had to postpone the episode so we thought it would probably be best um, to take a break of four weeks um, yep. we hope you guys can live with that without us for four weeks we can still try and post stuff on Instagram and stuff mm -hmm. like that but so the next yeah then four Thursdays there won't be a podcast episode but then starting again on April 1st um, yes. And it's not. And it's not. It's not an April Fool's joke. <laughs> yeah. We will actually will be. We will indeed be posting a new podcast on April first. Yeah. So April first, we'll be back uh, with a new episode, and then we'll see from there how we can handle things. This is going to be awesome because it'll give us time to um, record some episodes um, beforehand. And we did that before we started the podcast. But then you know there was mm. Christmas and like all these like holidays and vacations and traveling that we weren't able to maintain that. So now we've like kind of ended up recording this just a few days before the release date, and that really makes it yeah. really strong. 
stressful. So we need some kind of buffer time here. To, so you this know. will be a good time for us to recharge our batteries and yeah. also kind of get a little bit more of a head start on the com coming episodes that most certainly will be coming out. Yes. So. so we hope you guys understand and don't, you know, unsubscribe because we will be back and mark your calendars. April 1st, we'll be back both yes. on YouTube and also on the podcast streaming episodes. In the meantime, of course, you can um, leave us new questions for future mm -hmm. Q&A, either segments or whole episodes like we did just now. Feel free to leave us questions in the YouTube comments, via email, via Instagram DM. So we'll, as every episode, we're going to tell you now where you I can do those I was going to say, kind of time things. to jump into it. <laughs> time to jump so, in. So <laughs> if you do want to reach out to us, we have an email that's set up. It is understandingtrainstation at gmail.com. Also, I would like to add to that. Hold on. Yes. I would like to add that uh, we do go through your emails and we read your emails, even if we don't reply, because yeah. I feel like it might be kind of frustrating if you send us an email and you don't get a response. Um, yeah. We actually get a lot of emails, which we're very, very happy about. We didn't expect that, yeah. but we don't have the time to reply to every single one but you can and still send us one <laughs> sometimes sometimes if i get really motivated and i do have time i'll reply to them but it might be a month or a yeah. month and a half after you sent it so we appreciate your guys patience with that and we really do enjoy reading the the emails that you guys do send us yeah so besides the email you can also follow us and reach out to us on instagram that's instagram.com slash understanding train station Yep. Then you can support us on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash understanding train station. You can support us with a monthly donation, become a Patreon member, uh, participate in our monthly Q&A sessions with us, which we've been doing via Zoom. So it's really just like a Zoom chat with us once a month. So that's been pretty cool. And um, yeah, then you can also support us on buymeacoffee.com slash UTS podcast in case you just want to do like a one-time support for us. We really appreciate that. And then of course you can subscribe on YouTube, Understanding Train Station, and activate the bell if you want to, especially if you don't want to miss our new release on April 1st. And you can subscribe on all the other podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spotify, et cetera. And make sure to leave a like or rating for us on those podcasts, uh, <laughs> podcast apps where you can do that. We just recently saw that we were starting to be in the charts in, uh, what are we, 27th place right now uh, for travel yeah, um, yeah, yeah. travel I, podcasts in Germany? Yeah, it, was, it wasn't that much down, but it's like it's only in the one category and it's only on yeah. Apple Podcasts. I think podcast charts work in an interesting way because like each platform has different categories that they use. So this one was specifically in the what was a travel and places category yeah. on Apple Podcasts. I don't even think that Spotify has that category. Um, and uh, this okay. was specifically for Germany too. We are mm -hmm. in the charts in that category in the US too, but not as much, as yeah. far up. Um, but yeah, so thank your you ratings for that. and your comments do make a difference. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's been really cool to see. <laughs> that was really cool when we saw that because I didn't even yeah. think that we'd be in any you know sort of charts or something. <laughs> um, and also I just recently saw all the German um, ratings and reviews views on Apple Podcasts, because I don't know if you knew that, Josh, I don't think I've told you this, um, your phone is automatically registered in one of the countries, right? Like your app store mm -hmm. is either the German version of the app store or the American version. And depending on the version, you can only apparently see the reviews from the one country. So on my phone, oh. I've only been able to see the American reviews, but I found out when you check it on in your browser, you can see the German reviews too. Ah, okay. So I'll have like, to check Ooh. that out. <laughs> yeah. I just kind of thought that not as many Germans used Apple Podcasts, but apparently they yeah. do and I just wasn't <laughs> able to see it. <laughs> Apple's hiding them from us. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, well, thank cool. you guys so much for doing all those things, for writing yes. those reviews, writing those emails. Um, we hope that you will hang in there, wait for us, don't <laughs> run away, and uh, we will be back on April 1st then. Yes, we will. We look forward to talking to you guys then. Yes. Um, so we will see you in a month. I, usually I say every Thursday, but no, this time, <laughs> nope. <laughs> in four okay. Thursdays. In four Thursdays, we will see you. And until then, hang in there, stay safe, and tschüss. Servus. <laughs>